This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. What kind of pie is that that Lamar is going to have a slice of? Humble pie. Oh. That was too easy for you. That was good. <laughs> We're Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. So fallout <laughs> still happening from over the weekend with Lamar Jackson, number one seed Ravens, their loss at home to the AFC champion and reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. And Stephen A. Smith on first take, 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN, had this to say about Baltimore. Ladies and gentlemen, with all due respect, it was a choke job. Let's just call it what it is. What is the definition of a choke job? It's doing what you always do, what you're accustomed to doing until the moment arrives and then you don't. That is is the epitome, that is the definition of what we're talking about here. But in the end, the face of this franchise is Lamar Jackson. And when he's gone in his his six postseason games, he's two and four. And what are we looking at here, okay? We're looking at nine total touchdowns, nine total turnovers, 26 sacks. That's what we're seeing from Lamar Jackson, which we don't see at any other time. This is what people are saying. That's what we saw. And it's just a damn shame that we have to sit up here this morning and say it. We've talked about Patrick Mahomes, and Smalls has used the word peerless about Patrick Mahomes. And then we dive deeper into that conversation, and we go to the place of, well, maybe we should think about start compa- starting to compare him to Tom Brady. Historically, who would we say are Lamar Jackson's peers? What types of players, people who have done what? I mean, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Okay. That's probably the list. What about all time? Would we say anybody that's won an MVP at the quarterback position? Is it fair to look at that as a peer? Sure, sure, okay. Absolutely. So if we do that, and some of these guys he's better than, other than other guys he's worse than, Ken Anderson, Joe Theismann, Dan Marino, John Elway, Boomer Esiason, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Brett Favre, Kurt Warner, Rich Gannon, Peyton Manning, Steve McNair, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar. Those are the MVPs since 1980 when Brian Sype won the MVP for the Cleveland Browns as a quarterback. Every single one of those guys outside of Brian Sype has been to a Super Bowl that won an MVP at the quarterback position except for Lamar Jackson. Those are his peers. They haven't all won it. They've just been there. Correct. Okay. Now, two-time MVPs, which Lamar is not yet, but we assume he will be, include Jim Brown, Johnny Unitas, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Brett Favre, Kurt Warner, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, two times or more. Every single one of those guys has won a championship. Okay. So Lamar currently, with probably a decade left, is the anomaly. Someone who is so good in the regular season, but not so good in the postseason. But also, what you have to account for is someone so good so early in their career, right? Because aside from Patrick Mahomes, do any of those guys have MVPs before they're 26 years old? Like that's the other that's the other part of the game. Like I would assume Marino. Like Lamar Jackson got an MVP. What was he? 23, 24. Like like that's what I'm saying. He's gonna have multiple MVPs. You know. You know, before his age 27 season. So, I mean, there's still plenty of runway for Lamar Jackson to have postseason success. And let's not get it twisted. This is not, you know, a microwave thing when it comes to learning how to win championships, learning how to win playoff games. There is a learning curve that goes along with it. And so I guess that would be the thing that I would push back on in terms of trying to be overly critical on Lamar. Now, does he deserve the lion's share of the blame for them losing on Sunday to the Chiefs? Absolutely. But he's not the only one that's culpable in that team coming up short. The coaching staff deciding to only run the ball six times with your running backs when you're the league's leading rushing team by yards and by attempts is absolutely ridiculous. I think everybody involved panicked 
But again, Lamar Jackson, because he's an MVP, is supposed to be the stabilizing force that allows people to have poise through the noise. He's supposed to make the plays to get momentum to go back in your favor, and he didn't do that against the Chiefs. So the game plan wasn't great. It didn't help him out in any way, shape, or form. But as you mentioned, he made his own mistakes in this game. What I can't understand, though, is why some people want to give Josh Allen more criticism for not being able to advance and beat Patrick Mahomes than they do Lamar Jackson. Because to me, because you are so great during the regular season that you've won one MVP and likely will win a second, I expect more from you than I expect from Josh Allen. Even though Josh Allen is a singular talent in his own right and has gone toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs hasn't succeeded but has been there I expect more from Lamar especially this season when you have that defense when you have a Super Bowl winning head coach when the road to the Super Bowl goes through your stadium and this is a a vulnerable Kansas City Chiefs team in a way that we have not seen in years I expect more of you and I think Lamar deserves more criticism than we've given Josh Allen and I don't know if he's necessarily getting that well, I think he's getting some, but I, I do. I think Josh Allen became such a polarizing thing for so many people, including us. To answer the MVP question about age, Lamar was the youngest MVP ever with his first MVP. Um, the second one, Mahomes won an MVP at age 23. Emmett Smith won an MVP at age 24. Uh, obviously a non-quarterback in that spot. So we're yeah. seeing non-quarterbacks potentially win it because Thurman Thomas at, at age 25. Yeah, but we're talking about Bills. this is unique to quarterbacks though, yeah. Right. Uh, Cam Newton won an MVP at age 26. Obviously when to the Super Bowl that same season in 2015. Sure. Peyton Manning won an MVP at, at 27 years old um, with the with the Colts, obviously. And Kurt Warner at 28. So, I mean, there's there's guys 28 and younger uh, that won MVPs but in Peyton the NFL. But got an MVP before he got a Super Bowl. Correct. Right? Yeah. I, I actually think he may have gotten multiple MVPs before a Super Bowl, yeah, right? If I'm not mistaken. Exactly. So, I guess that's, that's the thing. I, I mean – Again, we've, we've gotten into this position where Pat Mahomes has skewed how we look at everything, right? Because he's just been so good, and so that's good. translated to teams having success. His first full season as a starter, the dude threw for over 50 touchdowns. <laughs> like, think about it. He threw for over 50 touchdowns and won an MVP. What like, can't he do? <laughs> like that, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying that Lamar doesn't deserve criticism because I think he deserves Far and away more criticism for what happened to his team this postseason than Josh Allen deserves for what happened to his team in the divisional round. Far more. Josh Allen was not the reason why the Buffalo Bills lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Josh Allen didn't help the cause at the end of the game, but he wasn't the reason why they lost. Lamar Jackson was the biggest reason why the Baltimore Ravens lost that game on Sunday to the Chiefs. When they had home field advantage, when they had a rest advantage by a day, when they had the better of the two defenses – I mean, when you're supposed to have the better of the two run games, you lost that game. Like you've got to find a way to be better. And I don't care if it's, you know, playing within the structure of the offense, playing above the X's and O's. You've got to do something to elevate your team's play in order to give you a chance to win that game. And as that thing drug on in the third quarter, it became clear to me it didn't matter if the Chiefs scored or not. The Baltimore Ravens weren't going to win that game. Let me just correct one thing, or add on one thing. Marino was 23 when he won an MVP in 84 um, that season. Okay, so, so you're adding that one. Okay. Yeah, so we'll add that one because yeah. I, I had mentioned it, but I didn't see that on the list here. So, so there are three quarterbacks that are around. So there are some eight, other ones. The Cam yeah. Newton, Patrick Mahomes, and Dan Marino. Listen, here's the okay. thing. So there's three in the history of the but NFL. Those are his, that's why I started this, by yeah. asking who are his peers, right? Yeah. So two things can be done. We can compliment Lamar. 
by asking the question who his peers are relative to what he's done so early in his career and bring up names like Marino or Cam or, or whoever you want to bring up. Yeah, well, I'm just saying we're bringing up those names because those are guys that won MVPs and went to Super Bowls at their age 26 season or younger. And he has not yet. That's listen, And only one of them won a Super Bowl. He has a decade, let's yes. say, to do this or something like that. Like He's not done by any stretch no. of imagination. But Lamar Jackson deserves the critique because he plays worse in the playoffs than he does in the regular season. He is so good where he's garnered these individual accomplishments, but it hasn't resulted in the team's success overall that we are waiting for with him. And so now the pressure is on for him to win a Super Bowl. No one's saying he can't. But he's done nothing in the postseason to indicate that he can. So do you think he's under the most pressure uh, more than anyone in the NFL to win a Super Bowl? Going into next season? He's going into next season. I Based say, on everything you just said, it feels like there's no other answer, right? I would think it's Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Yeah, I think Josh Allen has to do more, though, because Lamar has a better team, a better organization around him, right? Yes, if you're, yes in this specific scenario. But this is where, not to always bring it to Belichick, but I will. This is where this is where the Buffalo Bills not bringing in Belichick and Sean McDermott should be an NFL head coach. He's one of the 32 best coaches. I'm not saying that. If all of a sudden Belichick was there, the answer is different. They don't have a better organization. How people would look at it, whether it's right or wrong, people would say, well, wait a minute. One guy's got John Harbaugh. The other guy's got Bill Belichick. You both better win the Super Bowl this year. Guess what? Only one guy can do that. Well, Josh Allen would have a coaching advantage, though. Bill Belichick is a better coach than John Harbaugh. Right. I'm, not, I'm not arguing that. I that's nobody where, can nobody can debate that though. In some ways, and I okay, we're gonna get into weird. Go territory. ahead, go go for it. I always thought this was LeBron's mentality of I don't want the greatest coach because then I always have somebody to blame. In a weird way, in a weird way, Josh Allen not having Belichick gives him someone to blame at all times because no one's gonna sit there and fight like, wait a minute, you have Sean McDermott, how do you not win the Super Bowl? People, are, so it becomes, there's still a finger to point. It becomes the Justin Herbert cover. No, oh, he's got a, no to, cover to, anymore. To a, to a lesser degree, though. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yes. Which, yes. Uh, everybody pointed to the coaching at the Chargers, right? Anthony Lynn, then Brandon Stanley. Oh, they, they're, they're the reason why that's Justin right. Herbert can that's win. That's right. Now that's gone. And Hell you're yeah. saying if Josh Allen had Bill Belichick, that would be gone, too. Yes. Don't you think that? I agree. But I agree. If, if that's your mentality, that's not the mentality of a champion. Be- I'm not saying that's his. I'm saying that's the reality I of the know. critique. I'm, I'm just saying that, though. If that's the way that people are thinking, then that's... Whether it's the coach or it's the run game or whatever it is, you should be thinking, I want to win at all costs. I don't care who gets the credit. I want to win. Winning trumps everything. What I think what Evan's saying, and I agree with, is all of the excuses are gone for Lamar Jackson now. Like, dog, you got receivers. You got a defense. You got a Super Bowl winning head coach. Your organization has flexibility. They have draft picks. They can can manipulate the cap. They're going to be good in a good spot. Go win a championship. Like, there is no excuse now. We've seen you have the number one seed in the conference not once, but twice. And you come up come up short of the ultimate goal. So so now it's like there is show and prove when it comes to Lamar Jackson. And I, I guess by default, anything he does in the regular season from here on out doesn't matter in terms of what his legacy will be. We already know he's going to be a Hall of Famer because he's going to probably have multiple MVPs yeah, going into next it's year. automatic. Okay, so now it's about what you do to enhance that, and the only way you can build on that is postseason success. You know, this whole thing about having that elite-level coach that – Take some of the hit, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and elevates you. Like you brought up the um, Justin Herbert example that there, Justin Herbert wasn't pointing fingers at Staley or Lynn. We were, right? Yeah. Now, if they're not successful, we're going to be looking at it and saying, 
Well, that's on you, Justin. You have Jim Harbaugh. I'll give you another example on this. Anthony Lynn in the Super Bowl, by the way, on with the Niners. The, yeah, with the yeah. Niners. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers is voluntarily playing for Robert Sala next year. No one can argue that Aaron Rodgers doesn't own that team. Bill Belichick is sitting there. I'm not saying he would coach the Jets, but he he, has he to wouldn't coach. even go in the locker room. But he has to, okay. with the two Bills special. Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is I'm sitting not, there. I'm not going in there. Mike Vrabel is sitting there. Yeah. Pete Carroll sitting. I don't there. understand why they haven't hired Mike Vrabel now. Right, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. Because that's guess ridiculous. what? If they don't succeed. It's a lot easier to blame Robert Sala than it is Aaron Rodgers. So it's, it, 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 that's one of the ones that's so inevitable. Obvious. It's obvious and it's inevitable. But in that situation, we're not going to blame Rob Sala. We're going to blame. Well, maybe we will for giving Aaron Rodgers all the power. Oh, but, we'll blame Rodgers though. We'll blame. Eight. Yeah, we're going we're we'll, to blame we'll Aaron Rodgers because yeah. he's the. He's they don't the get one to the, the playoffs top. this year. It'll be eight's fault. Big but time. Again, going back to the Lamar thing, right off of this kind of angle on it, Lamar could never blame the coach. The coach could also never really blame the quarterback because they're both elite at what they do, mm-hmm. which means win. Well, the coach has actually won a Super Bowl well, with a true. lesser quarterback. So, I mean, Lamar Jackson is the one that's going to be under more scrutiny moving forward. Well, you just brought up a whole other can of worms in terms of an argument. Do you want the quarterback that's amazing in the regular season that's not as good in the postseason or the quarterback that's fine in the postseason that's amazing in the regular season? Give me talent. Whoever's the more talented player, give me right. talent. I said that horribly. Give me talent. <laughs> I see where you're going. Give me talent. I basically just said, do you not want a quarterback? Well, yeah. uh, I don't know what I just said. That was unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You know, one of the biggest plays this weekend in the NFL was Zay Flowers of the Ravens getting called for a taunting violation. Huge play, right? Set them back 15 yards. As a result, play calling is different. Zay Flowers gets the ball, has to dive for the end zone, punched out by Legereus Sneed, and ball game over, basically, yeah. at that point, right? But Joe Burrow, Smalls is, I'm saying he's your favorite player in the NFL. Okay, you can Don't you think make he is? that designation. You, you're a Joe Burrow I fan. believe in him a lot. Yes, I, I, you think that give him a healthy team, him healthy, Every bit of, of a shot to get to the Super Bowl is anybody else. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, he's That's the one I, I would go to ESPN, bet, and place my money on. Exactly. So, then are you going to agree with him on this? Joe Burrow over the weekend after that play tweeted at Joey B, and he's not a big tweeter. He doesn't tweet much. Let the guys taunt. 
What is CC? What do you always say? Cosign, like, retweet. There it is. Everything to that. Let the boys taunt. I don't understand why this is such a thing. The the NFL's rule of taunting here is the exact verbiage. The use of baiting or taunting acts or words that en- engender ill will between teams. I want ill will between teams. <laughs> I want them to not like each other. I want that to be part of the game. That's what makes it fun is being able to celebrate and taunt and, and have that Whoa. vibe. Oh, I got to stop. There's a difference between, in my mind, celebrating and taunting. There's a difference, Smalls. Celebrating is I'm so ce- uh, the three of us had a great show. Let's celebrate. But they Taunting can go is hand in hand. Ragging on someone else's show. But they can go hand in hand. Explain. You could be celebrating a big play that you made and taunt someone for their lack of success. I mean that happens every time they do the first down thing when yeah. a receiver catches a pass and the DB is draped over him. First down, which I hate. I, I, I beat you. Travis points. Kelsey had that on repeat big on time. Sunday. But when yeah, you're down it, points, don't it. do that. No, I agree with you. I think it's stupid when you're down points. Yeah, because guys when, have done but that. But when you're ahead, I, I think it's fine. Like Steve Smith used to get up and, and spin the football when he make a great catch when yes. he was, it was closely contested. Like, I'm here for all of that. But here's the thing. And I get where the NFL is coming from. It's a family-friendly entertainment product, and they want to make sure that the competitors on the field on Sundays or wherever they kick the games off – it's it's something that sets an example for the lower levels of sport. And I think that's probably the impetus behind taking the taunting out. Uh, I think there's also the issue of making sure that there aren't fights on the field. Remember Aqib Tlaib and Michael Crabtree a few years ago when one was with the Broncos, one was with the 49ers, and somebody grabbed the other one's chain and then got the fisticuffs. Like the, the NFL is trying to avoid those types of ugly incidents and taunting opens the door to all of that stuff. So there's there's levels to this, like allowing something versus being complicit in something that could potentially escalate to an on-the-field conflict between players is why they have the rule in place. But I'm with you, though, Smalls. I, there's something about, you know, the guy spitting the ball after yes. he makes the catch on the DB's head. I. I actually like it, but I understand why the NFL has the rule in place. It's showmanship. More than anything, this is entertainment. And the the family-friendly stuff is very tricky for me because inherently this is such a violent game. It's hard for me to, to view this as something that's family-friendly, period, because of the nature of the game. You have to teach your kids, hey, if someone upsets you at school, you can't tackle them. You already have to explain that what happens within the lines of football doesn't apply to other things in life. So why should taunting be any different? Of course, there's levels to it. You don't want people to be getting in fights all the time. You don't want to put the player's health at risk. But I think that there should be way more leeway when it comes to this because it's fun and it should be part of the game. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's your telephone number to join the show. We're taking some of your calls as uh, we've stumbled on the sexiest-looking foods that are out there, (laughs) as well as, obviously, the quarterback play, Brock Purdy, Mahomes in the Super Bowl, Lamar Jackson outside looking in. Uh, Tom on Long Island watching on ESPNU. What's up, Tom? Hey, guys. Good morning. Love your show. Thank Picture you. Picture this sexiest food. Two large scoops of chocolate chocolate chip ice cream covered in hot fudge, whipped cream, and two cherries. But that's not what makes it sexy. I have a spoon. Michelle has the other spoon, and we share it. Now that. Mm, okay, well, um, well let, me you, t- let me tell you what we're not going to do. That's not what we're going to do. I don't like chocolate ice cream. So. Exactly. Oh, tough one for well, that. Let me tell you Dope. what we're not going to do. Yeah, well, Next. You just you just lost out. Uh, Travis and Durham on 99.9, the fan in Raleigh. 
How you guys doing? Good morning. Morning. Happy Tuesday. What's going on? Um, so I got I got a comment. I got two comments and a question. So my first comment is Brock Purdy is a game manager, but he is the best game manager in the NFL. And NFL teams have proven you can win when you have the best game manager and a good team around them. Can I ask you now, a follow-up? Travis, Travis, let me ask you a follow-up on that because I get very sensitive Go. and annoyed when people use the term game manager as a negative. Are you in any way, shape, or form, be honest, using that as a negative? I'm not using that as a negative. That's what they ask him to do. If if that's what your team is asking you to do, then go do that and be the best at doing that. And Brock Purdy is proving that he is doing that. Okay, I believe you. Keep going. What's your second thing? Okay, my second thing is the sexiest food is breakfast bought to you in bed. Now, this works both ways. If you are receiving the food or if you have cooked the food. And y'all kind of took my, my thunder a little bit. Because it's about the presentation. Like, if you get breakfast in bed, but you you were, like, sleep while they were cooking the food, that's, that's like, the best meal ever. Like, you just wake up and someone has, especially if it's, like, your best breakfast. Like, me, I personally prefer uh, some, some good old French toast. But it could be French nice. toast, pancakes. Anything like the 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 biscuits you guys were saying earlier? Yeah, you're like, you're, on, you're onto good. something with this because I think about this. It's not exactly apples to apples, but because I wake up so early at all times. Like if I'm down in my basement in my office and I'm doing things at seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and all of a sudden my wife walks in and she got like this beautiful egg sandwich for me. I'm in heaven. Nice. In heaven, yeah. and she does it all the time, yeah. right? Without me asking, I'm like, "Wow, this is tremendous." Yeah. The surprise element of the food is excellent. Yeah. You go home if I, today. If I, if I wake up yeah. on, on a on a Saturday morning to that that sizzle and that smell of bacon, uh. oh yeah, that's that's love right there. Now, here's the thing that makes me a little bit of a weirdo. <laughs> I'm not a big eater in bed. The breakfast in bed bit. Nah, I agree with you. I, I, I don't want to do that. In I got spill. Don't or, bring food into the bedroom. I'm all set on that one. Like I, I, you know. I let's, agree. let's have that like out of the bedroom. Got so it. Yeah, I, no, no, no food. In you the guys never watch Seinfeld, no though, right? No, never. There's a whole it. thing. George Costanza with the sandwich in the bedroom. For, I, you know, no, I will no, say no food in the bedroom. No food in your bed, but what about at a hotel? You get room service, breakfast no, in bed at a hotel. No, you got I, the robe on. You're still I, sleeping I, I have, in that I have, bed. I have the robe on, but they're coming. To- to clean it once I leave. Yeah, no, I got to sit in the chair and eat the food, even if it's room service. <laughs> Knowing like, nah. me, I'd have my face on a pillow with tomato sauce. Yeah. Like, oh, that's weird, the nah, taste of this the pillow eating, right eating, now. <laughs> the eating in bed thing? Nah, yeah. not so much. Not in on that. No. Maybe maybe you're just cleaner no than us, Smalls. Maybe you wouldn't spill like the rest of us would. I'm going to leave and go about my day, and room service is going to come in and clean the bed. So it doesn't matter if there's waffle on there. They're going to change the sheets. Bougie nope. Smalls. <laughs> bougie Smalls. Yes, because room service is bougie. The, the cleaning crew is not bougie. It's at every hotel. We'll have the power rankings next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Unsportsmanlike. Eat Doritos, just don't eat it in bed. Why? Are you snacking in bed, CC? Snacking in bed? No, I'm not. I'm not a snack in bed guy, but I'm not above it. Wait, what? I'm uh, so what happened here was I'm not a snacking stacking bed guy. But that whole <laughs> thing was based on you eating Doritos in bed, and then you just were no, 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 shaming no, 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 no. no I said no. I said I'm not above it. And here's the thing: I don't eat in bed, but my wife has the guilty pleasure of popcorn, and so she likes to popcorn have the popcorn in bed, in bed oh. while we're watching TV. Totally, she does that. That's easy to to spill and to I hate it. I place. hate it. I hate it. And my wife, Mel, knows that I hate it. But you got to pick and choose your battles, right, Smalls? I'm on Mel's side here. My favorite snack is popcorn with hot sauce and Malden sea salt. And you shake it all up, and it is so good. Wow. So if we're watching a movie in bed, definitely some popcorn involved. I would love that. With hot sauce. With hot sauce. I love hot sauce on popcorn. In bed. Yep. Wow. Well, you, you don't. Put the hot sauce on in bed. No, you don't. You you pre-coat it. I'm aware. Hot sauce sauce in bed is not a good way to go. But like, will you take will you take a bowl of popcorn and then put it on, or will you put that in like the bag and then shake it like a 100 calorie pop, like skinny pop thing? Yes. So I have. I will pop the popcorn when it's warm. Okay. I, I transfer the popcorn to the bowl. Right. I drizzle olive oil first, then hot sauce, then I do the salt bay, Malden sea salt, then I have a lid. That I put on and I shake it up like a salad, like I'm nice. dispersing salad dressing. Nice. Then I go over with a quick double drizzle of hot sauce, shake it again, and we're good to go. I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. It's an elite snack. Wow. Very- low, low calorie, yeah. flavorful, very filling. That's too much effort. It takes sounds phenomenal. It sounds like it takes less than a minute. Three phenomenal. minutes. Yeah, but just pop the popcorn and eat the popcorn. I'm yeah, thinking that's supposed to be quick. I like the idea of the olive oil on there. Uh, olive oil is very, very good. interesting. Hel- heart healthy. Trust me, a little Malden sea salt. Malden sea salt. Oh, I'm going to investigate it today. <laughs> That's going to happen today. Malden sea salt makes everything better. I have a dish of Malden sea salt in my kitchen. I put it on everything. I, yeah. I don't care what anyone says. I still like the butter popcorn at the movie With the theater. Frank's Red Hot? Because you just used their slogan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I put it or on everything. Cholula. I, I, I do Cholula on the popcorn. Okay. That's my hot sauce of choice for popcorn. Give me the butter on the popcorn at the movie theater. Still they amazing. do too much. The, but, the butter on the movie oh, theater it's still popcorn amazing. is amazing. Very healthy. It's good, but sometimes they overdo it for me. It's too slimy. Do you think anyone's it's like literally? Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. What? I don't like that when it's slimy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's like filming on my fingers. Yeah, but you could do it yourself with the pump thing, no? Yeah, but then you can't. You can't get it to the, the bottom way. of it though. Like I gotta have like they gotta layer it. Right? There's so an art to this. You put some popcorn yeah, in, then put the butter in, then put the rest in, then put some more. But like you Wait, gotta, you gotta can we just correctly? for one second? Yes, Pat. Butter popcorn at the movie theater is too much. But thirteen step popcorn with hot sauce on it by at your house is fine. No, thirteen I, no, steps. Wait a minute, three steps. You got to think about what was being evaluated here. The point that was being evaluated was the fact that when you go to the movie theater and you do the pump, 
It's not on every piece of popcorn. You're not dispersing it correctly. Correct. On Smalls' scenario, everything is getting covered in whatever the sauce is. It's a light coating. Right. I I think Pat couldn't have been more wrong with that. All right. uh, Let's see if CeCe is right with his power rankings. Top five teams outside of the two in the Super Bowl that have a shot to win it all next year. All right. So here we go. Kicking this thing off at number five. We're going to go to Southern California. Number five. The L.A. Chargers, the arrival of Jim Harbaugh, coupled with new general manager Joe Horowitz, who came over from the Baltimore Ravens. That combination general manager head coach is what's going to take Justin Herbert to the next level. And if we're already talking about a quarterback that's top five talent at the position, him going to that next level should translate to overall team success. This would be the best quarterback from a talent standpoint that Jim Harbaugh has coached in the National Football League. And Jim Harbaugh was the coach for the 49ers when they went to three consecutive conference championship games. So I get it. They're hanging out in the AFC West. That's where Patrick Mahomes resides. But I got to believe that Jim Harbaugh wouldn't have signed up to go there if he didn't think that he could get this team to to a point where they could compete for a Lombardi trophy. So the L.A. Chargers, the team to watch next year out of the AFC West, along with the Chiefs, to compete for a title. Next. Number four. The Green Bay Packers. I love the Green Bay Packers, no pun intended, but the weapons that Jordan Love has to work with, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Kraft, Musgrove, Jaden Reed, like all of those guys, and then Aaron Jones in the backfield. I know a lot of people forget about him, but he's a dog as well. Like This is a really, really talented offense, and the best part about it is maybe the play caller in Matt LaFleur. For the first time, we're actually seeing his offense and seeing how he marries formations and the run game with the passing concepts and how Jordan Love executes them flawlessly. It's a quarterback that's already proven he can win in the postseason, one on the road in Dallas, an impressive, dominant performance. I look for them to take the next step, and I'm circling them as my early NFC North team to beat. That's how much I'm buying stock in the Green Bay Packers. Next. Number three. The Houston Texans, it's C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans. I mean, C.J. Stroud, you know, this guy is absolutely phenomenal. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. He should win Rookie of the Year. And then, of course, D'Amico Ryans should win Coach of the Year. Head coach, quarterback combination, won their division, won a playoff game. Uh, I mean, it's very, very impressive what they've been able to do. I think about what this team is. The offensive line is really, really good. Understated aspect of them. They'll put more weapons around C.J. Stroud on the perimeter. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they've got the two most important positions already locked up. Will Anderson, the pass rusher, and then Derek Stingley, third, the corner. I I love where this team is going with. They got draft capital. They're on the uptick. Next. Number two. The Buffalo Bills. It's going to get a lot harder for the Buffalo Bills because Josh Allen's cap hit almost triples. He accounted for $18 million on the cap this year. It jumps up to $47 million next year. There are a lot of pieces on that team where you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with them. Aging veterans that are becoming more expensive. The two safeties, Trey White, uh, Matt Milano coming off of injury, Vaughn Miller. Like they, They've got a lot of decisions to make, not to mention see what they do in the future with Steph Diggs. Doesn't necessarily seem like him and Josh Allen are on the same page. So a lot of moving parts in Buffalo, but because they got 17, they're always going to have a chance. And they play in the AFC East, and that division is going to leave the door open for them to get to or to waltz to the postseason. Next. Number one. The Baltimore Ravens. Like I, I, This might be... A little bit of a homer pick, but they've got a defense that's one of the best in football and has been since they traded for Roquan Smith in the middle of 2022. 
Then you've got a Lamar Jackson who's going to be in his age 27 season and likely to have two MVPs in the trophy case. You've got weapons around him now. They drafted Zay Flowers in the first round. Mark Andrews in an all-po tight end. Uh, if anything, you might want to look to upgrade some of the, the running backs in the backfield. But this is a really, really good team. And they've already got a championship head coach. So I love the Baltimore Ravens having an opportunity to get back to conference championship game weekend in 2025 and have a chance to compete for Super Bowl 59. So that's the list, Smalls. The Baltimore Ravens, number one. Bills, number two. Houston Texans, three. Green Bay Packers, four. And the L.A. Chargers checking in at five. You're my accountability partner. Any objections, any omissions? One objection and one omission for me. How do we not have the Cincinnati Bengals on the list? They went nine and eight without having Joe Burrow for the majority of the season. And hopefully he's back healthy next next year. Yeah, that's a big if, though. Joe Burrow, been in the league four years. Two of those seasons ended with him being injured. So I just, that's that's the thing that, that gives me cause to pause. What happens with T. Higgins? Like, I don't know what they're going to do in free agency with him. Do they extend him? Do they franchise tag him? They've got a lot of other guys on the defensive side of the ball whose contracts need to be addressed. I'm just – they feel like they might be in a bit of a gap year situation similar to what we saw or what we thought we were seeing with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not sure if they would be my front runner to win the division, even though when Joe Burrow starts and finishes the season, that's all they do. Let me put something in perspective, and I'm guesstimating here, but let's see if I'm right as to how ridiculous some of these teams are. CC, if I told you right now that Bill Belichick was the coach of the Eagles, would they be in your top five? No doubt. If I told you right now, and this is unfair to this guy, but I'm doing it, if I told you he was the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, would they be in their top five? Yes. If I told you he was the coach of the Buffalo Bills, would they be number one? Probably. Again, what are we doing uh, with this man unemployed? It's called (laughs) job justification. And people know that if Bill Belichick comes into the organization, you win, then they put their job at risk because he might gain the ear and the confidence of the owner more so than they already have. That's what it comes down to. I just played out the hypothetical two teams who are not in the top five. And one team Nobody that's is going to hire the guy that's going to eventually fire them. Right, Small? Like, like if I've got a say in it, why would I hire the guy that's eventually going to fire me? You don't. And that's why Bill Belichick <laughs> doesn't have a job. You right, don't. I'll do one more, and you know this pains me because I like this guy. If he was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, would you have them in the top five? Of course. Five? Yeah. Of course. So the entirety of the top five would look different if Belichick was coaching one of the teams that we assume he's going to coach in a year. Now, this is a bigger conversation. Or could coach in a year. But I'm, I'm not so sure on all of that. I mean, I know that Bill Belichick has the resume, but I can't forget what I saw in New England the past two seasons. And I can't just automatically assume that him going to a new organization, trying to run it back with a lot of the familiar faces and him having a short window to implement a new system and take over control is just going to pay dividends. But I, the There's hi- a lot more than just inserting him as the coach. I understand, but the, the teams that I brought up, we're only those that need a fix immediately or else the people that are there are going to be out anyway. Yeah, and that's the thing. With Belichick, I don't need him to change the culture. What I need him for is the in-game management and then putting together game plans that give us an opportunity on any given week to beat our opponent. Which is why that, we gave good that, teams that, there. That, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. So, like, the Buffalo Bills, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Dallas Cowboys, that all makes sense to me because you don't have to overhaul the culture, nope. so to speak. But you do have to have somebody that can put together a game plan on any given week 
that that does a good job of exploiting the deficiencies of the opponent and masking your own, and then somebody that's good with in-game decision-making. But maybe you don't have to overhaul the culture, but anytime there's churn at a leadership position, there's naturally a shift in culture. culture And the way he's coming in because the way that you were doing things before wasn't working. So he has to implement his culture in order for it to work. And I don't just think that it's that easy of a band-aid just to say Bill Belichick is going to fix everything for the Dallas Cowboys and they're going to win the Super Bowl. I don't know. But I guess everything ain't broke, though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's fair. When you have a top five offense and a top five defense, everything ain't broke. But your point is well taken because anytime you have a change at the top, there is going to be a shift in the culture. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a team like Philly that lost 6-7 to seven, that was in the Super Bowl the year before, they kind of need some sort of change of culture, and I think he's exactly what they need, but they chose not to do it. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. Yes, it is time for our unsportsmanlike moments of the day. CC's best bet as well. By the way, there's a brawl in the break. Which comedian is a better basketball player, Adam Sandler or Pete Davidson? My money's on Adam Sandler. Me too. Pete Davidson can ball. People don't realize this. Yeah, but Adam Sandler is about that life. He wears basketball shorts everywhere. I get it. I love Sandler. I love Sandler. I'm telling you, go look up Pete Davidson basketball highlights. He's better than Sandler. I don't know. Adam Sandler and and Timothy Chalamet are hooping it up in Soho and the city just on a day off. Go look at go that look other at conversation Davidson. we were having during the break. Number one draft pick. I, <laughs> number one draft. pick. I figured you'd think number so. one draft pick. But, but what are you talking about? But but, <laughs> but let's get to the play of the night. Let's get to the play of the night, shall we? Let's do it. I mean, last night's parlay hit three leg parlay. We had the Celtics on the money line. We had Jason Tatum over twenty seven and a half. He scored twenty eight. Appreciate you, JT. And we had Anthony Edwards under thirty one and a half in their win over the over the Oklahoma City Thunder. That paid out at plus 204. So, let's see if we can double up and go back to the well, back to the NBA. Okay. We got the Knicks, winners of seven straight, taking on, who would that be? Who are the Knicks playing? The Utah Jazz? The Utah Jazz, second night of a back-to-back for both teams. The Knicks are at home. 
Jalen Brunson has been on an absolute terror. So, of course, we're going to go with something that's involving him. So we're going to take the Knicks on the money line to make it eight straight wins. And we're going to go Jalen Brunson under 33 and a half points. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people say, why would you go under? He scored 30 or more for the last five games. I'm just saying that the Knicks get it done. Jalen Brunson plays well, but he doesn't go over 33 and a half points. So Jalen Brunson under 33 and a half points. The Knicks on the money line. That pays out at plus 203. Two leg parlay tonight. All right, let's go. All right, I got a couple For, of forgive things. Forgive me, Nuno. I'm sorry in advance. Forgive me, Nuno. Hate to to KOD your team, the New York Knicks. Uh, Got a couple of things NBA-wise for unsportsmanlike moments, something weird, something quirky, different, etc. Anthony Edwards, we mentioned uh, in the uh, T-Wolves last night. Also a number one pick. Beat the the Thunder. Anthony Edwards not happy with the officiating last night, courtesy of Bally Sports. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm going to take the fine because the refs did not give us no calls tonight. We had to play through every bump, every grab. I don't know. I don't know how we won tonight. Uh, big shout out to my team. Big shout out to my coaches, for sure. Yeah, uh, he he also went on to curse off the referees, basically, and um, said eight versus five is what they were playing. <laughs> it was a bad night. It was a bad night overall in terms of officiating. Horribly officiated game in the um, fifth grade uh, basketball game that I was at last night. Oh, really? My son's team lost by one point. The coach of my son's team is the nicest guy in the world, and I've never seen him this riled up. The officiating was that bad. They were in the penalty in the first quarter of a 10-year-old game. You can't do that. You can't have them in a bonus in the first quarter of a 10-year-old game. Anyway. What were y'all doing? Hack-a-shack or something? Well, that's the point. Of course not. And you know what happens? Then kids get hurt. I don't know. If it's your your son's team, I wouldn't put it above you in terms of that strategy. I'm not the coach. I'm just saying. You might have put it in the coach's ear. Maybe told your son to tell his teammates. I swear. Let's let's send him to the line, guys. They can't can't make their free throws. They're shooting below 50%. Exploit them. Exactly. (laughs) And then what happens is the refs try to make up for it and don't call anything, and these kids get hurt because then everybody's chopping at each other, and they're all physical. Anyway, but Anthony Edwards, I guess his game is more important than that game last night. Disaster in Westchester County, New York basketball. Uh, The other thing is, you know, Joel Embiid didn't play last night. I am not suggesting that Joel Embiid is faking an injury by any stretch of the imagination. I am asking a question about this. Once you don't play at Denver for the fourth straight year and everybody makes a big deal about it and everybody's saying, oh, NBA should investigate, it adds to the story to not play the next game, too, against Portland, right? It helps your cause a little bit. And now Joel Embiid, if I'm not mistaken, guys, can only miss five games the rest of the season mm-hmm. to win an MVP. Just something to keep an eye on. Uh, in addition, does, he, does he play tonight against the Warriors? I'm going to guess no because they kind of want to keep this storyline going, right? Of like, what are you investigating? There's nothing to investigate. See, he's really hurt. Mm. They almost have to do that because then if he does play tonight, it's like, all right, well, what, what's the injury that we're talking about here? Yeah. All right, uh, Freddie and Harry every single day, 3P to 7P Eastern time here on ESPN Radio. And uh, they gave a new nickname to the great Brock Purdy. When he's able to go 13 for 16 mm-hmm. for 174 yards and a touchdown and look like Michael Vick, but the hey, white hey. version out there. Wow. I see you, Brock Purdy. Are you, you ca- did it. Are you calling him Vanilla Vick? Is that Vanilla what you're Vick <laughs> out there doing his thing, letting the world know that, hey, you can call me a game manager all you want to. Uh-huh. But when that Mack truck is on my back. And my team needs me. I'm going to make the throws, Uh and I'm going to let you all know. Go, Brock, go. Vanilla, baby. 
Vanilla Vic? Are we is that are we sticking with that for Brock Purdy's new nickname? It does have a ring to it. <laughs> I mean, so many other quarterbacks have been given that moniker. I, I don't know if I don't know if it's gonna be Brock Purdy's, but I guess if you win, that kind of stuff sticks, right? If he wins the Super Bowl, then that 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 certainly establishes his legend, then we're gonna be looking for nicknames. If but, if he wins, we're gonna call him Mr. Relevant. Mr. Relevant? Mr. Relevant. Wow. I like that. Oh, that's strong, small. Mr. Relevant. Because Mr. he relevant. went from Mr. Irrelevant to the most relevant guy in the league. He will be Mr. Relevant. Trademark and it. And, and there's something about it. When a quarterback wins a championship, they all of a sudden go to another level. Of course. Like, don't you notice that? Like, quarterbacks that win championships, like, they go to another level because they know how to do it. They've got the blueprint. They've got the roadmap. Yes. Then all of a sudden, it's just like... They're going to be one of those upper echelon guys. So let's talk about what going to another level means if you're a quarterback like Brock Purdy. Stylist? Manager? What else, What does he need? Like, okay, now I'm a Super Bowl winning quarterback. What do I need? Do I become Vinny Chase and Entourage and I need an entire crew around me now? No, I think he no, stays the course. I think Jimmy Garoppolo already checked that box for 49ers Okay. <laughs> but he doesn't – he needs he something. He needs something. Right? You need to have something else. But does he? Why, why wouldn't you just stick with what got you there? Because the amount – I've got to assume CC would know better than we would, Smalls. I've got to assume the amount of people tugging at you when you win a Super Bowl yeah. is a lot, especially when you're a quarterback. Yeah. Well, probably he'll need a publicist, I'm sure, because yeah. of all the media outlets that will want him to do photo shoots and things like that. I'm, I'm assuming he'll have a manager. If he, I'm sure so he, he has an agent, agent already. Have a manager, yeah. I mean, look at your guy from Illinois. That that Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Tommy Cutlets. I mean, like this guy was getting appearances left and right, and he didn't do anything. But that's why he needs to be Mister Relevant. He needs a brand. Like Tommy DeVito became Tommy Cutlets. We know him because of this. He became a brand. We don't think about the play on the field. We think of this, and that's why Brock Purdy, if he wants to translate this into dollars. Call me. I'll help you. Advice. <laughs> How do we translate this on the radio? What is that called? Oh, uh, the Italian symbol. The, the Italian symbol. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what to call it. It's like the fingers up. Like, right. you know, forget about it. You right. know what I'm talking about. But that's why he needs to be Mr. Relevant. He but needs what to- does that get you? Like, what when, you th- when you're thinking Brand, of- merch. You know how many 49ers fans- A model, would- gorgeous girlfriend. Yeah, you know how many- kind of Well, stuff. I think he has a girlfriend who owns a farm. Because remember in his off, off week, he oh, was he on does. the farm. Okay. Um, but Currently. anyway- <laughs> Wow. wow. <laughs> let me upgrade you. Let me upgrade you. You guys are terrible. <laughs> no, we're just being realistic just as being to what real. happened. Joe Burrow I mean, with his college Tom, girlfriend. Tom went from Bridget Bonahan to uh, Giselle oh, no, that, that, don't, Now that's my family. Don't do that. Part of my you cross family. the boundary. Don't now, talk about his now family. Now you cross the line. Don't you talk How about you? my family. How dare you? Greedy coming up next. We're on to Wednesday on Sportsman Life. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.